welcome to another episode. We are continuing our discussions about logistic regressions, linear regressions, and some further thoughts about that. Paolo, great to have you again. Thanks, Alexander. Very excited. Always fun to talk about these things. And that probably speaks to our nerdiness that <laughs> we love to talk about these things. Last time we talked about logistic regression. And that works if your endpoint you're looking into, the, your variable of interest, is a binary variable. And now sometimes what people are doing is because they want to do this logistic regression, is you have a continuous outcome and then they dichotomize it. Yeah. So let's say you have a variable that is, don't know, income or something like this. Yeah. And then you have a, a distribution of your income. And maybe you'd want to look into all those people that have income versus all those people that have no income. Yeah. So that's really easy. That's very easy. Digitimize zero or bigger than zero. Yeah. Or maybe you want to say below, let's say, some kind of threshold that is set by society in terms of who's called or, poor and, yeah. or who's called Poverty rich. or yeah. some kind of low income category, yeah. which is not so easy, but still, yeah, feasible. And so that is something that very often is done. Now, what are your thoughts from a statistical point of view about that, Paolo? Yeah, I think that in general, it's quite risky to dichotomize something which is not binary in its nature. And sometimes I did see really bad things with the dichotomization. For example, you have a continuous covariate, for example, instead of a continuous outcome. And you want to show that this covariate affects the outcome. And then if you analyze the covariate as continuous, you don't get enough results. And then you look for a particular threshold. So it's quite risky. And this is one situation. Then you have also other situations in which you can, or you're, you're maybe constrained to do some classification of people. For example, in terms of the political attitude, or mm -hmm. maybe it's not left or right. Maybe it's about something like being very liberal, slightly liberal, moderate, slightly conservative, very conservative. So maybe you have more categories for the same concept. And yeah, I think also you might lose certain relationships in there. Yeah, maybe the, there's not a, it's not a straight line, but some kind of curve. Things like that you might not really pick up if you digitize it. So before digitizing anything, I always encourage people to look into it from a non-digitized way and see also explore it visually, look into scatter plots, things like that, to get a better feeling for the data and whether it really makes sense to digitize it. Yeah. So that is, and of course, kind of digitization, when someone else then wants a different threshold, yeah, you need to redo everything. And of course, lots of these thresholds are arbitrary. And so it's then, yeah, always a problem that maybe that people don't agree with it or whatever. And that can lead to all kinds of different problems. Yeah, and also for not, this is not true 
only for uh, dichotomizing contagious variables. You can have maybe different classifications for the same concept. The categories for BMI, you have older people and then you have uh, obese. But then maybe within the obese category, you could have also very obese yeah. people. And uh, so sometimes you just use different classifications because it's convenient for you. Or sometimes you don't see that your sample size is really small, for example, and you're, you're trying to analyze six categories for 20 people. This doesn't make any sense in general. So you should bear in mind that you lose something when you dichotomize continuous variable or you cut the data in many categories yep. having no sense. Yeah. yeah, and maybe you can even lead into these problems with quasi-separation and empty cells. Yeah, so if you think about it, you if you look into it and you categorize something, and then you have in your two by two table, yeah, there's empty cells in the top right and bottom left corner, and then you have complete separation. And then, and then you, you have bad messages from your computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you encounter quasi-separation. Yeah. yeah, but it's basic concept. Maybe you can struggle a bit uh, when you start on doing this kind of logistic progression or other yeah. kind of progression or yeah. classification variable. Yeah. Then, of course, you have perfect prediction. And which is not perfect, maybe. Yeah, which is actually, in fact, not perfect because just you don't have enough data. <laughs> and that's the actual problem behind it. Yeah. Digitalization is one thing. Sometimes people also want to divide it into more than just one category. Yeah. Like you just said, maybe it's underweight, normal weight, overweight, obese. Yeah. And then you have four different categories. And these are actually ordered. So it's not just you can't say this is green, blue, red, and black or whatsoever, which is not ordered, but it's, there's some natural ordering in it. And if you want to retain that ordering, the problem is you can't do the logistic regression because there you need a binary, not something with four outcomes. Yeah. You can't do the really the linear regression because the difference between normal and overweight and obese might not be the same. Yeah? And so what do you do in these kind of situations? You could do the proportional odds model, which is basically, if you think about it, it's like applying logistic regression at each step of the change in your so you have many categories. You have this step between one category and the following. Then you can model the logit of the probability of being in category two, for example, as compared to the probability in being in category one. And then you move forward and then you have the probability in category three versus being in one or two. Yeah. So it's just moving into the next step. And I think that what is really tricky because you, and you assume that the change in each step is modeled by the same beta. So the probability of moving in the next category is the same of switching in the above category to the other again. You end up with the same beta, but with different intercepts, yeah. different yeah. alpha, 
But yeah, in the end, you, it's, of course, it's something you're assuming here. It's, it's not for free because this uh, assumption that everything is going proportionally. So this is not really maybe how things work in nature and in society. Yeah. Just to get from there. So imagine you have an outcome that is zero, one or two. Yeah. And you would apply a logistic regression. Then you can say we model the probability for zero versus the probability of one and two. Yeah. And have a logistic regression there. And you get two coefficients, the alpha and the beta for this first model. Or you do a logistic regression for zero and one versus having a two. And then you get another alpha and beta. So now you end up with two alphas and two betas. And the, what the proportional odds model is then doing is that it keeps the two alphas, but it forces the betas to be the same. Yeah. And that basically means that the odds ratios yeah, are independent of which threshold you're looking into, whether you cut between the zero and the one or the one and the two. And, and we have a one odds ratio in the end. Yeah, you just have one odds ratio here. And that is basic underlying thinking is there that you have this, that you're cutting this latent variable. Yeah. And here in the, with the obesity example, we know this latent variable. It's just the weight in kilogram. But very often we can't observe it. Yeah. And it's more like with the approach that Paolo mentioned with this political attitude, very conservative, moderate conservative, moderate liberal, very liberal, or liberal and very liberal. Yeah. And there's probably some kind of underlying latent variable, which you can't really observe. And you can only observe these kind of categories. And that's, that's the thought behind it. And that makes it yeah, actually a very nice and powerful tool for these ordered categorical variables. Yeah. So the, one of the problems with it is if you have not a lot of observations in some of these categories. Yeah? But the nice thing is then you can combine them. Yeah, let's say you have very few that are very conservative. Yeah, so you just combine them with conservatives. Yeah, yeah I came across this situation very recently. We were doing this kind of model for items of a questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So you have a zero, one, two, three. Okay, you have impact on quality of life from not at all to very impact on the quality of life. But we were quite naive, I think, that we didn't know the data very well. And when we did our model, we found that after the treatment, many patients resolved the problem with the quality of life. So we ended up with many zeros, low, very low amounts of observations in the other categories. So we ended up with just a simple logistic progression so looking at the zero versus one combined to two and three, so yeah. excluding all the other possibilities. So yeah, it mainly depends on how much data do you have for the categories. Yeah. So that's why it's important to look into your data beforehand. The other important thing is to check whether your proportional 
proportionality assumption. So that the betas are the same across all these cut points is really true. And of course, you can very easily do that by, for each of these cut points, run a logistic regression and okay. see whether, you know, all, the, all your betas more or less fall into the same place. Yeah? And, or whether there's a strong trend in one or the other direction. And of course, there's also some clever goodness of fit statistics where you can, because all these log betas are actually normally distributed and you do some kind of test of whether they're all the same or not, like you can do with any normally distributed variables, <laughs> just the standard test. But the problem is this p-value doesn't give you a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of these kind of goodness of fit statistics. I really want to see and get a feel for the data and whether it makes a big impact. Yeah, another way is to, for example, contrast your proportional loads model with a multinomial model, for example, mm -hmm. in which you don't assume that the disproportionality holds. So basically you contrast the results of these two different models and you can have an idea of the reasonability of your assumption so yeah it's really something that goes proportionally from one category to the others yeah and by the way these alphas are of course always sorted yeah because just by how it's defined the probability of being greater than two is always bigger than the probability of being greater than three of course yeah that's maybe something okay any final point about this yeah i think that we covered the um, whole i think that you can play with the data try something out and uh, have in mind that uh, these are still really powerful tools that yep. uh, you should have in your toolkit yep. yeah and of course again it's again a linear model and again. you can again apply all these different fancy things in terms of prediction and estimation and things like that that we talked about earlier and yeah very often the real variable of interest here is the are the odds ratios and so as the odds ratios are independent of these cut points it's a, even if you have an ordinal variable of five or six or seven categories you always have just one odds ratio, which makes yeah. it really nice. It's really nice. I agree. There's, yeah. There's maybe some side note, an alternative way to analyze these ordinal variables is with rank-based methods, but we'll cover that in a future episode. Yeah, I know you are really keen on that, so happy to cover this in another episode. So stay tuned. <laughs>